Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is actor, writer, and producer Ken Arpino, who has written and performed on Broadway and in national tours of hit musicals like Legally Blonde, Mamma Mia, and Hairspray. He's also written, produced, and starred in 20 episodes of the hilarious web series The Queen's Project, which has amassed over 4 million views on YouTube. Ken and I also worked together last year in the pilot episode of Couples Therapy as bickering husbands Patrick and Derek. In today's episode, Ken and I talk about his web series The Queen's Project, how all actors should branch out to other aspects of the industry, and the importance of bringing quality arts programming to small towns and communities like he is doing with Wolfbane Productions in Virginia. As Pride Month comes to a close, please consider donating to one of the following LGBTQ organizations, like The Trevor Project, the LGBT centers in New York, Los Angeles, and San Diego, the LGBTQ Plus Freedom Fund, and the Trans Justice Funding Project. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Ken Arpino. You, like many other actors, um, did not grow up in a family of performers. Um, and, you know, like many of us, you loved um, storytelling and, um, you know, playing pretend and just being, um, you know, uh, vocal and um, things like that when you were a kid. Um, so how did you get started with uh, with performing? When did you sort of start um, your your or get bitten by the theater bug? Sure. Yeah, I definitely had an active imagination as a kid. Um, I think <laughs> my best friends were markers because I used <laughs> to love pairing the colors together and then like making them all friends. <laughs> so it was fun. Um, and then I used to be a soccer player and I was bullied and I decided I didn't want to play anymore and theater was right there with open arms that is quite literally the same thing with me <laughs> yeah you know a lot of uh Hispanic parents try to get their kids to be soccer stars and it doesn't always work out for them <laughs> <laughs> um and then you uh, went out to go to uh Emerson correct I did uh and what was your experience like there I loved it there. Um, I wish that I had taken advantage of some of the other programs. So I went there uh, originally with the intent to study theater studies mm. um, because I didn't feel comfortable making performance my degree. And, you know, because you have your parents and your guidance counselors in your head saying, well, you need a fallback. You need a mm. fallback. So I got there and I started taking marketing classes. I really love marketing classes, but I never lost that performance bug. So, um, yeah, I kind of ended up doing both. I still graduated with my theater studies degree, but also a marketing degree. And I still got to do a lot of shows. So I feel like... Best of both worlds. (laughs) Yeah, I lucked out. Um, And with your... um, So it's always interesting talking to actors who have some either background or education in business. How have you taken that knowledge and applied it to your acting career? Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, every actor knows that marketing yourself is one of the biggest things that you have to do. Um, and uh, I actually, you know, ended up becoming the executive director of a theater down in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I'm here now <laughs> escaping from mm-hmm. it. And um, little did I know, you know, that my marketing degree would be put to use like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Wolfbane Productions? It's Wolfbane Productions and Appomattox. Yeah. Um, and just tell us about that theater company and, and um, how you first got involved with them. And, and like, yeah. Well, it first started with a boy. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, honest. honest. Um, so I was working at a bar in um, 
New York. And I guess that's where I put my acting marketing to use because I was like, oh, I'm an actor. And he originally had asked me to come down here uh, to do a show. And I was Peter in Bear, the pop opera. Mm-hmm. And I ended up really appreciating the mission of the theater. I really loved the work that they were doing. And it's in an area that is terribly underrepresented for the arts community so I was like oh this seems like an interesting challenge and a fun uh, project and so when they had a business position open up uh, they were doing they needed a development director I was like yeah I would definitely be interested and that's where I put my marketing in there and then I just kind of grew from there but the theater is growing very quickly Um, I think the audiences are really appreciative to have professional arts come to the area and um yeah i'm having a great time um and what have been sort of your um some of your favorite experiences whether on stage or off um with wolf with uh, was it wolfbane or wolf yes wolfbane Wolfbane, so um some of my favorites uh well we're currently building a castle in the woods we're going to do young frankenstein outside okay um so we're kind of making so the audience walks into transylvania essentially um (laughs) yeah it's gonna be really fun and um just silly um but yeah we did uh so the writer of despicable me cinco paul um or one of the writers i should say Mm -hmm. uh wrote wolfbane a musical uh uh, which is a parody of Stranger Things it's called Stranger Sings. And uh, we did it in December kind of mm-hmm. as like a staged reading and mm-hmm. the audiences loved it. So we're going to try to do another one this December. It's just like fun things like that. Like we're letting our nerd culture and our th- love of theater kind of collide and yeah. we're creating this like theater pocket. It's great. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I love that. That's, that's such an interesting, cause you know, um, at least in LA, I hear lots of like, they'll do like charity readings of like the pilot of the show with the original cast coming back or with like a complete other set of, of stars reading weird, you know, like, um, what's his name? Um, he was in Breaking Bad. It's not, not, not Brian Cranston, but Jesse. Yes. Uh, Aaron Paul. Yeah, Paul. He, they did like a, a reading of like Star Wars, and he was Luke, and then yes. Mark Hamill was was the Emperor, and, and uh, it was just such a different, uh, just a way to like keep the creative juices flowing, and then still nerding out with whatever it is that you're that you're reading. Um, well, I mean, you know, from film, I mean, the the mm. easiest roles to play are the roles that you can put yourself into it. You right. know what I mean? And so I feel like it's it's the same as running a theater. Like we excel in doing shows where we can put our own spin on it or be ourselves or make the work connect to us. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And we also did a Midsummer Night's Dream that was set to all nineties music. And I mean, it just made theater like Shakespeare is a scary word to some people who aren't like super familiar with theater Mm -hmm. and it just made it super approachable. And now people ask us all the time to bring it back. So it's cool. Yeah. I I love how I've seen so many different creative takes of, of Shakespeare, um, particularly Midsummer. Um, here in Connecticut, I was at um, Longworth Theater in New Haven, and um, they did like they set it to like eighties music. So, um, and it was like it was like the teen summer program, um, but it was just so funny and so well done. Like the yeah. leads were like you know in the poodle skirts, and the guys were the greasers, <laughs> and it was just super funny. Um, I love seeing how because it's such a like a bare bones thing. Like it, I've seen very few Shakespeare productions done exactly as written taking place in scotland or in wherever you know it's it's leaves so much room for 
for all the creatives to really get to like be creative. <laughs> well, the story tropes are there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we, you know, theater's creative, but you know, it's 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 all structured. The storylines yeah. kind of yeah, the storylines kind of repeat themselves, yeah. and so it's it's how do you make it accessible to your audience, or how do you make it fun for yourself? And um, you can do some really cool stuff. Like I, I think every actor should work on an adaptation at one point because just just to see how they put themselves into it. Mm. I haven't done any Shakespeare yet, unfortunately. Um, I've always wanted to. I know so many Shakespeare <laughs> actors and a bunch of people that direct or are part of theater companies here in Connecticut. They do like summer Shakespeare. But yeah, I've just, it's always terrified me despite how much I love the <laughs> Scottish play and hope to sure. in 20 years or so play uh, Macbeth. But you know. Well, well, because isn't that what Breaking Bad was like loosely baked, based off of? Like I feel like I feel like so much of so much come back. Of, yeah, yeah. Like House of Cards is like loosely based on Richard the Third about the the climb to power and doing anything to get those people out of your way. Yeah, it's. You I know, mean, so it's really it's it's awesome and it's yeah. cool to see the different ways that people take those texts and and make them approachable for new audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were saying before about you know sort of um, putting yourself in the role, and a lot of actors will often. Um, produce or direct or write their own work um so that they can act because you know we can't all get cast in everything uh mm-hmm. you know there's not enough jobs for everyone to go around um so um talk about um the queen's project your web series that you um you started in, obviously and you also produced and wrote yes so um just to go back to your point mm-hmm. about you know putting yourself in an adaptation i took um a acting for film class with Heidi Marshall. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah, yeah. that class? Yeah, yeah. And her big thing is generate your own work. And I have to tell you that of all the classes that I've taken in New York, her words have stuck with me the longest um, because it's true. Like no one will write better for you than yourself. Mm-hmm. So like absolutely generate your own work. And so that leads me to the Queens Project. So I was doing a show um, it was a tour and I was not feeling very creatively fulfilled. And so I just started writing sketches basically to fill my time and I really liked it. And, you know, some of my castmates indulged me and acted in some of them and, mm. um, they were like, this is really funny. And so I, when I got back to the city, I was like, I had a lot of fun writing those. Like I, I want to take some classes. I want to be a better writer. So I ended up at UCB in their sketch writing program Mm -hmm. and I was writing characters that were authentically me and based on things that, you know, had happened with my friends. And it was a bunch of, not to pick on anyone, straight white dudes who were reading my work and basically saying that I wasn't funny. Like, so the way that the class was structured was you write your sketch and then the class reads it. And so you have to assign the roles to different people around the table. It's like, it basically sets you up for a writing room. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were not getting my jokes. They were making me feel like, like I really doubted myself. And I was like, but, oh, one of the notes that I got was like, people don't really talk to each other like that. And I was like, that was lifted from my conversation like two (laughs) days ago. And so I was like, okay, well maybe I'm not funny. So I put the Queens Project, the first two episodes was really, it was two of the sketches that I had turned in in that class and was told I wasn't funny. And then, um, I just did them for fun. I got a bunch of friends together to put them together and they have over a million couple of views. So it's like, Like, that's amazing. I was like, maybe I am funny. (laughs) So that's kind of where that came from. So now I just write for, you know, spite. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so funny that because it's like, um, so there was um, a wonderful writer, filmmaker, actress who, you know, her feature last year got into the HBO Latino Film Festival, which is just like incredible. Um, and she is constantly writing stories to um, to represent underrepresented communities, whether it's Hispanics or LGBTQ um, or immigrants. Um, and she had me read um, a, a pilot script that she wrote um, because she wanted it to be read from the eyes of another Latino who could relate to it. Because she's like, everyone that I gave this to that was white was like, I don't get this joke. Why are there so many religious jokes in this? And it's like, well, because Hispanics can be very religious. Like, it's part, of, it's like not just like every Sunday. It's like, you know, there's a candle of Santa Maria in the kitchen and, and all this other stuff. So it's like, it's just so funny having, um, it's like you have your audience and before you even film it, it's like have those people read it because I can imagine. Because I, um, you know, I did my research. I watched a few episodes. I absolutely love being your show. Oh, and uh, it's just funny having someone that's like not in the community say like I don't get it. Why is this funny? It's like, well, this isn't for you. <laughs> this isn't. Yeah. Or you can still or just appreciate it. You know right. what I mean? Like, like if you don't get it, ask what the joke is, and then we'll don't just say like this isn't funny. It's like, well, you know, it's an inside not necessarily an inside joke, but right, someone's <laughs> gonna find it funny because yeah. you found it funny enough to take it from your conversation and put it into um, into the script and. I mean, the views will speak for themselves. You guys, certain episodes have gotten like, you know, over a million. It was just insane. It's amazing. Um, so just going back uh, to Queen's Project, is there anything sort of in the works with that? Or did you, um, obviously with COVID, we had to like stop yeah. everything. So last year, um, we had the funding to do an eight episode arc, mm-hmm. like a full, fully budgeted everything. And then the funding fell through. And then this year we kind of had that opportunity again and then COVID happened. So I'm learning a lot about um, the industry. And I think if I were to say anything to artists that are feeling frustrated or stuck right now, it's like, it's, it's, it's not you. Like Mm. it's like, it's, it's happening to everybody and it's, it's, crazy especially you know i'm getting messages from active friends who lost contracts and like we're all kind of in this really weird spot together and i'm really just hoping that some brilliant art and some good collaboration comes out of all this Mm. to somehow make it all worth it yeah it's um so i'm i mentioned before i think before we actually started um recording the session um i'm moving from one spot in brooklyn to another one with one of my best friends who is also an actor my current roommate works at a hospital nothing to do with the industry um and we're sort of starting to want to develop like a web series especially if we're going to be stuck at home for the foreseeable future (laughs) because we both work in gym environments and those aren't really opening in new york yet um so we're just trying to develop like okay what could be like a funny two-person web series or have the occasional like visitor just to keep you know to keep those creative juices flowing and it's, right now especially so many people are putting their words to paper and just grabbing a camera whether it's the 4k camera on an iphone or mm-hmm. their dslr or something just to keep the creative juices flowing because like auditions which are is only... so exciting it is like... it's so cool to see people like i made this with my husband in three days and it just won a festival award it's like what like that's amazing yeah. like you do it for just to stay sane and there's so much wonderful payoff that you weren't expecting. And that's kind of the best payoff is when you're not expecting it. 
And especially for actors, like you're just giving yourself more real opportunities, mm-hmm. like more material for you to showcase yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm excited because, yeah, I've seen some really creative stuff. And um, I'll be honest, at the beginning of all of this, I struggled to write. Like, I was just creatively not having it. And then, you know, that's when all those posts came out about how, like, well, Shakespeare wrote during the plague. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> I'm not Shakespeare, first of all. And second <laughs> of all, like, I'm, I was so proud of everyone who could be creative, but I just, I needed a minute. You know what yeah. I mean? And so for anybody who still feels like, I didn't do enough or I wasn't creative enough in the time off. It's like, no, it's okay. Like you had to do you too. Like you're, you're still a human outside of being an artist. So it's, it's been tough for everybody. Yeah. Um, And there's this, um, we know a lot of the same people. I mean, we've been on screen together, uh, which is such a fun experience. As husbands. I know. So uh, for those listening, uh, Ken and I played uh, husbands in the pilot of a, uh, hopefully upcoming full series, uh, Couples Therapy. Um, and I had known the executive producer, Rob, for several years because through my writing job with Media Village, I actually covered the Latino Film Festival where adulthood had screened. So I saw you in adulthood years before I even <laughs> met you, not knowing it was you. Um, I remember that day, um, I think someone mentioned like, yeah, he that you'd played that character. And I was like, oh my God, I remember you. Now I totally remember that. Um <laughs> But um, how did you first get involved with um, with adulthood? Because that came, you know, years before couples therapy. Yeah. So actually, I met Rob. Oh, geez. I think we had met through the Heidi Marshall kind of circuit. We had mm-hmm. both taken that class. And then he was in Queen's Project. He played my brother in a couple episodes. Um, and then when he wrote his show, he reached out and was like, hey, do you want to do mine? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, this is awesome. So yeah. like... Um, yeah, but Rob has been so supportive. And actually, I met with Rob and Charlotte. Um, they both uh, run Leaving Normal Productions. Yeah. Um, and they were um, script consultants for the eight-episode arc of Queen's Project, of the new season. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I it's, love that. It's, collaborative. Collaboration Ugh. is so important. And, yeah. like, you never know. Like, you just never know. This industry is very good to you and very bad to you, but... <laughs> like, ex- like appreciate those big wins yeah. right? or the happy moments you know yeah and it's um you know during this time i've been reading a lot of like actor memoirs and and different technique books and stuff like that and one of the ones that i read was the actor's life by jenna fisher from the office i love her um in her book she interviewed a few different actors and one of them was um derek waters who is like the creator of drunk history Yes. Um, and he was saying that, you know, he became like a filmmaker and a writer. Um, he never expected to do that. He wanted so badly to be an actor. And while he was booking work and he was like a regular for a season of something that got canceled, unfortunately, um, he felt he was back to square one. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to just write the short and shoot it and just to make something myself that I'm in control of. Um, and then he ended up, um, you know, getting to sell all these shows and it's just so interesting seeing um just wonderful seeing actors take on so many roles um Mm -hmm. you know pun not intended i guess not talking about acting roles but like wearing different hats of like writer and director and it's so important to me you know any young actors listening just write something really well that goes back to what i was saying about emerson like i wish that i had taken more opportunities in some of the other departments because um 
I mean, being an actor is incredibly challenging and it's uh, definitely a strong career, but you don't realize how, how, mu- how much stronger you can be as a performer if you take writing seriously or if you end up you know, taking some directing classes or script analysis or marketing or, I mean, there's just like you want to be as well-rounded as possible and you never know if you're going to end up in a field that like maybe you started as an actor but what if you really love producing or what if mm-hmm. you really love directing like you gotta stick your toe into different ponds yeah. because there's a lot of opportunities and this industry is so big i think entertainment is the number three revenue generator in this country mm. like there are so many different things that you can do that um try try it all or try as much of it as you can see yeah. what you like like, don't turn anything down. Don't shut anything out. Cause I've... Or don't just say, I hate it when actors say, well, I'm an, I'm just, I'm an actor. And it's like, okay, well, great. Right. But like, what else? What else do you do? Because I also need to like, know you as a person. Right. Like, I don't know. There's, don't limit yourself. Acting is amazing and, and it's challenging. But like, what if you're really good at some of the other stuff too? That doesn't mean you have to stop acting. Right. Isn't like, it's just, acting is, is acting. Like, you know, yeah. it's like when people like a job is a job. Like, uh, with with actors I've seen you know I'm rather active in like the um the reddit community for actors and stuff like that and a lot of young actors will post stuff like they'll write do I have to go to acting school do I have to go to drama school and be like well no but like it depends on what kind of acting you want to do and they're like oh I'm not interested in theater at all I only want to do commercials I'm like only co- I've never heard that before yeah. from a working <laughs> actor like sure some people have careers kind of like solely in commercial just because that's their market but it's never a conscious choice. I only want to do commercials or only do theater. So many people that do theater end up, you know, co-starring on a TV show and that leads to something else or they write their own sketch show or something. Like it's, it's just important for actors to never limit yourself. Like you said, don't, don't, yeah. no one's, you know, so many people are ready to limit you. Don't do it to yourself. It's just, it's so That's actually a great way to say it. That's a great way to say it. Like, there's enough no's in this industry that don't be one of your own no's. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Lord knows we get typecast. Like, and if you do get typecast yeah. a lot, write and shoot something that is complete opposite of that. Show them that you can do something else. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like um, in couples therapy, that was my first time playing a queer character. I'm a. Really? Uh, yeah. I'd never, you know, before I was playing like the lab tech on Blind Spot and. Someone was bold enough to cast me as like the spiky haired leather jacket wearing bad boy and something else. And, nice. you know, and it's like, I was very grateful for that, but I'm like, Oh now I'm actually telling a story that like me and my boyfriend can watch together and laugh at. And, and that's like, you know, it's just, we talk about representation all the time, but it's like, we don't always get to represent ourselves on screen. Mm-hmm. A couple therapy that felt like the first time I was able to do that. Cause Lord knows I have no knowledge of an FBI lab tech. <laughs> you know but when it comes to like but gay couples therapy right absolutely <laughs> i'm in there another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. What would you say, uh, from your experience, is one of the bigger misconceptions that you've seen um, in the industry, whether it's from, like, consumers or from actors? Um, 
misconceptions, I would just, I would go back to that pitching holing yourself. Mm. I mean, it's, I have started saying like when people ask what I look for, when I'm casting some of my projects, it's, I'm, I'm really looking for artists, not just actors. Mm. Like, because I don't know. That, that's that's what I personally feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this pressure as an actor to to feel like you have to... How many times has someone said to you, like, when you tell them you're an actor, it's like, oh, but, like, what else do you do? Or, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, what you do you really do? It's like, um... you're, I feel like you, we've, we've created this culture where we're constantly defending ourselves mm-hmm. as performers that I, I fear that people then take that as well then I, I have to f- fight against being anything else mm. so I think that would be the misconception that I would like people to try to get past especially now that you know we need more art and this is a hard time for our country like the more that we can all kind of be like I'm just going to create like I think it'll be great <laughs> yeah it's, I don't know is that a good <laughs> no no it is it's, did I answer the question you <laughs> well it's, it's entirely on your experience um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely would, would agree that um, with so many people, like you said, feeling that they have to defend, you know, because Lord knows anyone not in the industry doesn't understand, but there's so many people that whether they're an actor or a writer or a director or a film student or any the industry, they totally get your struggle. Like right now, especially we're all on the same boat. No one's working right now. <laughs> We're all trying to like get like you know like get those creative juices flowing, but like there's only so much we can do. And I but think that's also think- a great point there. Like mm-hmm. you just said, a lot of us aren't working right now, and we're also having to battle with you know unemployment to be like, no, mm-hmm. this is my profession. Like mm-hmm. these are my, I have pay stubs, I have receipts. Like this yeah. is what I do, and uh, we 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 found that because um, a lot of. Um, like the PPP loans, a lot of the places that got those loans, they can't cover independent contractors. Mm. And it's like, but that's your actors. That's your yeah. direct for, for some cases, you know? And it's, uh, we just have to get this country to understand that what we do isn't a hobby. It's actually a lot harder yeah. than they think it is. And it just blows my mind that right now, especially, they still can't wrap their head around that. It's like, guys, right. what, are you guys con- what are you guys doing right now? Everyone not working. That's not an actor. What are you guys doing? You're watching well, because- the actors. You're reading their books. You're listening to their CDs and all of that. You're consuming all the art that has been built over the past several years and decades on like on TV, on streaming. But they're still like, like we're their therapy right now. <laughs> well, that's because if you ask any of those people who's an actor, they're going to say Brad Pitt, yeah. who makes millions of dollars. So like they, they don't understand that there's so many different classes of the entertainment industry and it's yeah we got to fix that (laughs) i'm I'm talking to you unions because we got to fix that oh yeah don't get me started on the union right now um that's a whole hey we'll do another podcast right (laughs) we'll start a new podcast yeah bad talking to you um i paid my dues they won't i swear to god Uh, (laughs) um uh so uh, what would you say? Uh, are there any particular changes you wish to see in the industry once you know everything's revamped or um, opened back up? But is there anything that you um, hope to see change in the future? Representation. I think that um, all, all, all in all, we just need more stories coming from the people who experience those stories. Like um, 
you know, you were saying you've played a lab tech a lot. Well, I usually end up the sassy assistant or the sassy mm. roommate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so while I'm happy to cash those checks, I also <laughs> think that I want to see more stories of just like gays as people where they don't, the storyline doesn't stop at them being gay. Right. And I'm that's sure the only that the character for description. <laughs> all demographics, like, they feel the same. I feel like the more that we can lift up um, storytellers with different backgrounds, the stronger the industry will be as a whole. And listen, with all these streaming, I mean, I feel like I burnt through Netflix. I feel like I've watched everything there is to watch. <laughs> like, so there's not like, there's not a content limit. Like, let's, let's get as much out there as possible. Yeah. And there's so many, hopefully, you know, sucking. Um, I'm sure you met Freddie Jerlin. He was an adult. Yeah, yeah. And he was my last guest. And we were talking about, um, we think that because they're going to have to, like, not necessarily water down back on the scale of so many of the projects on TV and in film, because of, like, restrictions with the amount of people that can be on set and things like that, um, and filming in public and all that stuff, there's going to be a refocus on, like, intimate storytelling and I really hope that that's the case because there's just so much flash and um, like all flash, no substance with things. And I think that stories that like the queer and the color can tell could be so impactful. Um, you know, in front of the right people, you know, I know so many, like I've been fortunate enough through this job to, um, to have some conversations with showrunners and they tell me about the pilots that they just pitched here. And I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds like to be told doesn't get picked up. Doesn't even, doesn't even get made into a pilot. It was just like the script was passed. Yeah. And it's just like, these networks are asking and saying that they're striving for more diversity, but they're shooting on all the projects that would be diverse. And then what you end up seeing on TV is like, unfortunately it's tokenism. It's like, you know, here's the colorful gallery of people and, that's about and then it. that gets that gets mistaken for like oh well i was being diverse it's like no right. you cast everyone how you would expect them to be cast and yeah. but yeah i just Tropes i think it's going to come down to i think it's just going to come down to um not everything needs to be a blockbuster and if we mm -hmm. can you know get that indie scene to really embrace and, and i honestly i think that they're starting i mean at least as far as the work that I was doing, people seemed interested. But yeah, I feel like we have a lot of work to do and, and the understanding of like, there's not a limit. Like, just because you supported one gay person or one person of color, keep keep doing it. Because yeah. you didn't, just because you did one doesn't mean you're done. Like, you, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's okay to I exceed your quota. You don't have to just meet it. You can go over, yeah. God forbid. Yeah, or, or don't just, yeah, or... <laughs> I, I don't know. But like, yeah, I, that's my soapbox on that. They, they just, we just need more people in positions where yeah. they're considering more diverse types of storytelling. Yeah. Not just like store, like work, but different types of storytelling. I think, yeah, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I think <laughs> it's another topic that we could just go on talking about for, for, yeah, I don't hour. need to ever see another Hallmark movie. You know what I mean? Like, oh my I, god, let's, don't let's get me see, started. Let's see more stuff. Like, what else is out there? Yeah, and that's a whole genre within itself. Is Lifetime and Hallmark? That's just like their whole. Uh, I don't understand. 
I don't understand the appeal. I mean, it's not meant for us. It's meant for like Midwest white blonde <laughs> housewives, you know, that yeah. I guess, but I don't know. The Candace Cameron Berets of the world. Oh, the Lori Loughlin. <laughs> she's not even doing those movies anymore. Cause she's a criminal. <laughs> oh goodness. There's just, it's so funny how many tiny markets there are. And it's like people, it's so funny. Um, I got to interview. I don't know if you've watched the show, um, the Baker and the beauty on ABC. No, I haven't. Um, it unfortunately it was it's an all Latin cast taking place in Miami. It's just it's a a very lighthearted, family friendly, really cute. See, um, unfortunately, it got canceled after only one season, and um, I was doing a piece about the cancellation because they're still shopping it around, hoping that someone will pick it up and save it. Because um, they do have a small but like loyal fan base, um, and one of the stars, you know was a series regular on so many shows and you're like i've never heard of that show but then i forget like oh there's more than just like nbc and like the big four and Mm -hmm. netflix like there's so much more and there's like so much more um networks and content i i I feel like we tend to forget that because we only watch like the the big streaming platforms and then like the other the bigger networks and we forget about cable (laughs) and so i I agree I think that the industry is moving away from the big four because not, be, not because of anything other than we're all streaming now and we're busy. And so I don't think I've watched a television show when it was scheduled to air no. in years. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. If anything, I DVR it. Like, it, so I think we just, yeah, hopefully that's part of the problem and it's not the show. Cause if it's got a fan following, then it absolutely should be picked up because I mean, it's con- it's connecting to people and stories are so important to people. I don't know. No, I agree. And it's, it really was such a lovely little show because they were, um, you know, it was about family. And for once it wasn't a dysfunctional broken family. It was like, no, the parents love each other. There's no cheating. There's no scandal, you know? And it's like, um, because they're a Hispanic family, the, the coming out story of the younger sister was a whole other layer because it's like the culture shock, you know? When I came out and I'm being Hispanic and very religious family, it was, you know, it's just a much bigger shock. I'm Italian, same. (laughs) I think that I urge the LGBT listeners, LGBTQIA+, everybody, um, since moving to Virginia and to spend more time with the theater company, um, I want to hear more stories from small towns. I want to hear more gay stories from small towns because... The gays here are super underrepresented because usually a story of any kind of diversity takes place in a city. Yeah. And it's usually because the writer escaped their small town to go tell this story in the city. Right. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's whole pockets of people who are still being kind of ignored as far as representation. And I would love to see more just like middle America stories with diversity in it because it's important. Yeah, and it's, um, I was just talking to my boyfriend about this the other day, um, how the, how the typecasting of queer characters is that so many of them are, um, and while there are a great deal of, of queer people that are very, um, outgoing and confident, out and proud and, and, and things like that, there's also like, like you said, the small town country kids that internalize so much and, and it's just like, it's more than, you know, just the, the stereotype. Well, we're, like we're teaching them. 
Mm-hmm. We're teaching them the only way they can be themselves is if they get away, is if they escape. Yeah. But that's not necessarily an option for everybody. Yeah. And so we just need to, you know, <sighs> soapbox again. So it's okay. That's what the this gener- is. The, 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 the generation, the generation that was supposed to teach us what to do died from the AIDS epidemic. So now it is our responsibility as queer artists to help the next generation. And I think how we can do that now is telling them that they are loved and they are okay being themselves no matter where they are. They don't need to move to LA. They don't need to move to New York. They don't need to move to a big city to be themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And because like you said, we can make so much art on our phones now, Mm -hmm. like go home and make a small film in your small town because that's how you start changing minds too. Because I think in some of these smaller towns, some of the, some people still haven't ever had to think outside their box Mm -hmm. because diversity is something that you see on TV, but Mm. there are still people in my small town who don't think they know a gay person. And I'm like, I'm literally standing in front of you. (laughs) So it's right. I think it's important that we start bringing small town America into the conversation because that's the only way we're going to start changing hearts and minds is if we're yeah. visible. Yeah, because there's, you know, really kind of if you tally up all the, the populations and whatnot, you know, they still far exceed what the big cities make up. And it's like so many people in the big cities are artists and actors and it's like they're. I feel like I don't know many people actually from New York or from LA. They all mm-hmm. sort of emigrate from somewhere else because that's where their market is. But like you said, and, yeah. I, and I love what the theater company, um, what Wolfen is doing. You guys are bringing like quality arts and performing arts to small towns. And, and honestly, the goal of mine was a little theater company. We tried to start a couple of years ago here. Um, we did necessity because where we were in sort of a major city here in Connecticut, the, um, the owners of the venue gave it up. There was no way to save it. It was really expensive for us to sort of take over. So they just, they, you know, we named ourselves Vagabond Theater Company because we were moving from uh-huh. space to space. Um, and depending on the needs of the show. Um, but I really, because there's, even though we're so close to New York, there's not much of an arts community outside of like Bridgeport, which is this city. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I, I really do agree that that the arts have to be and the stories have to be in those like smaller towns because, you know, otherwise they're watching otherwise, the big city folk and they're like they can't relate to that and they're not interested. Yeah, and like the Hollywood elite, there's there's reasons why people can start labeling city people as being out of touch, and I think that the more we can say no, we're in your small communities too. Yeah, like. I think it's important. And it also like will help kids who are struggling in their small towns see that, you know, they're, they're heard, they're seen, they're represented. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I really hope that, that someone, you know, anyone listening, we are still small, but you know, loyal audience, <laughs> like many. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that encourages people to, you know, make art wherever you are. Art is needed. It doesn't have to be seen by millions of people and make billions of dollars. It's just as long as someone's watching it, that's enough. As long as you're enjoying making it, that's enough. Especially because you don't know what, how your story is impacting them. Like we mm-hmm. get, so even now, I mean, we, the first episodes of Queens Project came out five years ago. We're still getting messages being like, I just found your show. 
thank you so much. Like it's, you, you just don't know who you're touching and I don't know, just make art, just put it out there. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, unfortunately we're almost out of time. Um, uh, I love talking with you. Seriously. I could talk with you for hours mm-hmm. about this stuff. Oh, <laughs> um, well, we'll do another one. We'll do a part two. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll have the whole Queens party. I can have up to five people join a call for, for oh, these. Perfect. So we'll just have the whole cast. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Um, so I always like to end with a rapid fire round. Um, oh, of some questions. So do your best. <laughs> it's so funny. People are like, wow, I'm horrible at rapid fire. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, TV or film? Uh, TV. TV or theater? TV. Okay. It's funny. People usually switch to theater. They're like, <laughs> oh, my first love. Um, uh, hero or villain? Hero. Drama or comedy? Wait, 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 wait. Hmm? I like playing the villain, but hero stories are always fun. Okay. <laughs> I, the villains are more fun to play, but the hero stories yeah. are... Villains usually die by the end, so you're like, I'll play the hero. I'll go multiple seasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, drama or comedy? Comedy. Uh, what's the worst survival job you've had? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, the first thing that came to mind is catering, mm. but that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, role that got away? Uh, Jack and Into the Woods. How long ago? Was that recently? Um, or no, I came. I had this awakening where I woke up one day. I was like, I'm no longer a Jack. I'm officially in Baker territory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older now. <laughs> <laughs> Time to move on. My story has changed. <laughs> uh, what TV show do you want to join the cast of? Ooh. Uh, I love me some Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm. Um, I love me um, some What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, any of those comedies. <laughs> uh, your favorite accent to do, and can we hear it? Uh, none, because I'm terrible at them. But I can speak Pig Latin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? Uh, Anthony and Sweeney Todd. Ooh, good role. I love that one. Uh, what existing movie franchise do you want to join? Marvel. That's everyone's answer, and it's such a good answer. You don't understand. I want it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What book recommendation would you give to a new actor? Oh, to a new actor. Um, Save the Cat. Bye. It is um, how to break down a script, uh, a film. It's this one specifically for film. Mm. But where I find it's helpful is that um, when you get sides, you can see what page the side is from and you can kind of gauge where in the story the side is from mm-hmm. and you'll know how to act it better Ooh, i like yeah. that i've never i feel like i've heard someone mention that before but i've never dug into it i mean it's for writers but mm-hmm. i think i learned more from it as an actor than as a writer yeah. because like you where the where the peaks and ebbs are in the story if you get size and you know oh this is like the climax then you know mm-hmm. kind of how to play it okay uh as a director which actor do you want to direct and in what genre well i love my amy polar mm-hmm. tina fey land so if i could get basically all the best of snl ladies into a script together i would love it maya rudolph um kate mckinnon all of them leslie jones i'm obsessed with all of them <laughs> um have you watched wine country on netflix i have i was about to bring that up, i had so. to <laughs> of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh theater or musical theater dream role um 
<laughs> Baker and Into the Woods. I think I just love Into the Woods. <laughs> it's a good show. Yeah. I want to play Cinderella's Prince, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Uh, we'll see. Hey, we'll never see. give up. Never Agony give up. is such a good song. I love that song. It's so funny. <laughs> I love that song. Uh, so we're going to put together a little dream project really quick. So dream project genre for you to, it's for you to start in. It would be a television show, definitely a comedy, um, and hopefully set in a small town. And I would play a version of myself that, um, I don't know, does that answer the question? Basically, I'd be a gay in a small town. And that answers the first part. Uh, <laughs> so who would be your director? Who's your dream director um, I don't know. Oh no. I'm trying to do this rapid and I, it's okay. No, <laughs> no, no, this one's a multi-part one. It's okay. <laughs> That's a one. Um, I don't know, but I kind of would like them to also be from a small town. That would be my requirement. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like from their lens. I like that. Uh, yeah. And who's your co-star? Uh, all my SNL ladies still, <laughs> but I'm trying to think. I don't know. Oh, man, I'm being terrible at this. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> this is, like, the longest one where you have to think because you're, like, putting it together. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm open. I'm easy to work with. We'll hold on. Anyone. We'll hold you, 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 you. <laughs> uh, and in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Um, experience life. Don't be so hard on yourself. And... Love yourself. That's it for today's episode of Actors with Issues. A massive thank you to the lovely Ken Arpino for joining us today, who you can follow on Instagram at Ken Arpino and follow us at Actors with Issues and be sure to check out his web series, The Queen's Project on YouTube. Thank you once again to our sponsor, Anchor. For all of your podcasting needs, download the free Anchor app or visit anchor.fm. If you like today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and catch new episodes every Friday, everywhere that podcasts are available, and be so kind as to rate and leave a review wherever you are listening. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. This is Juan Ayala, signing off.